This month, the world's fastest athletes will converge at the Gold Coast for the ITU Triathlon Age Group World Championships. The event will not only feature elites, but also amateur athletes who have earned qualification to race over both sprint and standard distances. Australia has produced one of the fastest teams ever assembled with athletes keen to race on home soil. Among those who will be on the start line is 43-year-old Nathan Fitzsackley. He earned qualification in both the sprint and standard distance events in the 40-44 to 44 age group. But it's not the first time Fitzy has worn the green and gold. He has been on the world stage at the Ironman World Championships three times, but it was more than 10 years ago he first earned Australian selection over the short distance. Well, Fitzy, you're welcome to the Multisport Mecca podcast. So they say once you get old, you go long, but uh, you're turning back the clock. <laughs> G'day, Grant. How are you going? <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, it's funny you say that. I did. Um, it's funny how we go full circle with, I mean, all aspects of life. But, um, you know, when I first came into the sport of triathlon, short course racing was, you know, where I started and um, and had a really good grounding in that and did a heap of that before I started to delve into the long course races and um, yeah pretty exciting to be heading down to the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks for the uh, world champs again. Well before we get into the world champs preparation um, take us back how did you actually uh, get into a triathlon to start with? Well I got my brother Adam to thank for that he um, back in back in the day when we lived we grew up in Toowoomba um, so growing up as a kid, you played you know rugby league in winter. Um, I didn't like cricket or anything like that. So um, so once my rugby league days are sort of behind me, and um, my brother Adam's actually quite a talented boxer, um, and I mean who knows where that could have taken him, but he um, he really thrived on the fitness side of things, and he connected with a personal trainer up there who had a triathlon background who uh, his name was Jared Ryder and, and back in Jared's day he did a lot of training on the Gold Coast under Cole Stewart so um, Jared had brought those principles back and had a fitness studio in Toowoomba and Adam started just training with him just for um, just for the fitness side of things and Adam told me about this little spin class I did on a Tuesday night and he was asking me for weeks and weeks to go and, and have a go at this spin class and so um, so I finally yeah went and had a go at this spin class and it, it absolutely just about it it just about killed me. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was insane. It, it actually, I got to the point where I had to lie to Adam and say I had to go to the toilet because I, th- I thought I'm about to be sick any minute now, <laughs> and then walk back out after I was sick in the toilet, like you know, like nothing had happened. So, um, but that's where it all started for me. Yeah, my brother dragged me along to a spin class, and um, and then that just progressed from there into the um, triathlon scene and Jared Ger- was a bit of a triathlon coach as well so we'd do a bit of swimming and riding and um, and everything we did with this bloke was at um, like 110% like it was all flat out mm-hmm. so um, so going from like you know a big overweight footballer it just stripped the weight off me um, and it just started stripping down those layers that we have as, as a person and uncovering like this triathlon talent so to speak that had been inside me all these years it was um it's quite fascinating and um well how old were you at that stage um i just turned 30 mm-hmm. so it sort of got to that right. yeah i had a um I'd, my last game of rugby league i had a, a really bad compression injury with my neck where i got stretched off and was taken up the hospital in an ambulance and lying in a um, you know, in the emergency ward, looking at the lights and a neck brace, and then you know they called my wife Natasha, and the kids were only like really young at that stage, and so you know, 
that moment put a lot of things into perspective and um, I remember chatting to the coach the next day and, and Ando said, oh, I think, I think you might be done. Like, it was, it was that old adage, you know, I'll just have one more, one more year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and um, so, yes, yeah, so I'd finished rugby league. That was like 28, 29. So I'd, I'd just turned 30 and I just sort of got to that point where I was just, I was just sick of just being, like, just fat. And um, not that I was, like, massive. I was probably covered it well, but... You know, you come back from holidays and like the 92s are a bit tight. So you went to the 95s and 97s and the weight just, you know, crept crept on and, you know, just having an office job, you know, wasn't really active. And um, so, yeah, just made a life change. I started losing weight, started training with this Jared Ryder and um, he just totally changed my mindset too. Um, and what, what sort of position were you playing when you were playing footy? Oh, I was in the forwards. Like, oh, really? Yeah, front row, second row and... Um, I was never, I was never like you know, tough enough to play A grade. Like the A grade in Toowoomba was pretty high standard back then. But I was, I was a fair second rower, uh, second grade second rower. Um, had some really good mates in the team, and um, you know, so I always had that competitive nature and that will to win. Um, you know, from that team perspective. Um, but that you know, that was all I knew, and. Um, you know, if, if, if someone else in the team, you know, missed a tackle, then, you know, you're all paid for it. And I guess that's the beauty of triathlon. You know, if, if you put the hard work in yourself, any, any individual sport, you put the hard work in yourself, you can enjoy the results yourself. But then, you know, it's that same double-edged sword. If you don't prepare well, you've only really got mm. yourself to blame. So. And what were you weighing back in those days? <laughs> It's a good question. I never never broke a hundred, but I, I was in the nineties for a long time. I never hopped on the scales and topped a hundred, but um, uh, what a harsh reality was I had some like back issues, and obviously because I had a bit of a gut, you know. And I remember I saw this chiropractor once, and um, and I had to strip down to my underwear, and he's looking at me, and he goes, oh, "So you're pretty soft." You, and you play a bit of first grade, you know, because he's like, you know, I thought oh, this guy's having a go at me because I'm a bit fat, like, you know. Um, and it was that was sort of one of those like defining moments where I was like, like, yeah, like you know, like have a look at yourself. Um, and then you know, so obviously going from what I was doing into triathlon, you know, high heart rate, high intensity, that mm-hmm. we're training with Jared, it was, you know, each week, you know, I was just getting you know fitter and faster and. Um, you know, we we do some runs off the bike after this spin class, and um, you know, I'd gone from being like the last bloke to, well, I was catching you know that fella, and then I thought, well, next week I'll try and catch the next fella, and of course my brother's like miles in front, <laughs> Adam was like light years ahead. Um, yeah, he was, you know, Jared really took him under his wing, and he could really see that Adam had a, had a lot of a lot of talent. Um, so I'm like running in my brother's shadows trying to keep, but you know, the, the more weight I lost and um, and just with Jared's development of myself and just changing my whole mindset, you know, I went from, well, why can't I? What, you know, what, there's nothing stopping me from trying to achieve this stuff. And, and I, just got, I just got hooked and I trained, you know, I trained even harder. And, you know, I remember doing a race and the first race was uh, one of the Raby Bay races. Yeah. And you know, I rock up there, and I just had like me. I had me. I had a bike by then, and I had my shoes and goggles, and I had me DTs, and I had no singlet. I had to borrow like a race singlet to wear. And I remember doing the race, and you know, you cross the line with the elation, and then 
you know, then, so this is obviously before mobile phones, you know, you get home and you Google the results and you're going through and you're working out like your swim time, your bike time, where you finished and thought, oh, if I can do this or that, I can improve. And um, and that's where it all sort of started for me from that, you know, one little um, Roby Bay race. So at, at that, so Adam was racing, he was racing open and, you know, chasing the lights of Matt Hopper. Yep. So Adam was on his own journey trying to, um, you know, take himself to that next level, which he, you know, eventually got to. So I was, um, I was, always, you know, always had a great training partner in my brother, um, you know, at that time. Yeah, because how much younger is he than you? Uh, five years. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and a little bit shorter. It's a funny story that we're actually, um, um, we're actually at a um, a mate's. It must have been the thirtieth party or or something like that, and. Um, and it was, it was for Charles Griffith, and Charles' Charles' mum came up to um, Charlie and said, "So, Adam and Nathan are they are they half brothers?" <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie's like, "No, no, 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 they're brothers. They're brothers." And, and she's like, "Oh, why is Adam so much smaller?" Because <laughs> well, as you know, you've met Adam, and he's a little bit shorter than me. But um, if um, if you could bottle what Adam has in um, you know that 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 heart and desire, and and put it into, you know, someone twice his size. It's um yeah, like if if, if you could bottle that, it's that that determination that he's got. It's 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 insane. Yeah, it's, yeah. there'd probably only be a handful of people that I know that that have that um you know that will to win that yeah. that my brother does have. Yeah, which is yeah. which is pretty cool. So was it hard to take early on when he was he was dusting you up? No, not really. It was because um, he was just so far in front of me. Like it was never even a competition. It was, <laughs> it was yeah. Like it was just daylight. Like um, you know, and um, and Jared G- Jared could see that talent in Adam, and um, he connected him with Cole Stewart. And Adam did a couple of weekends on the Gold Coast, you know, training in that environment. And, and I remember um, because um, Adam never had an email address. He was, at the time he was just working as a as an apprentice painter. Mm-hmm. And um, and so all these emails between Cole Stewart would come through to myself. And I remember reading like they'd given him a snapshot of what his weekend was training was going to be like. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my god, it was like the volume was just insane. But at the same time, I was like, how cool is this? So I Adam did a few weekends with that, and then eventually, um, uh, Jared connected Adam with Toby Coote here on the coast, mm-hmm. and that's that led Adam to his move over here to the Sunshine Coast and. Um, and by this stage, you know, I was, um, I'd just, I'd just come back from Honolulu or I was heading to Honolulu for the 2006 world champs over there. And, and I was just desperate to follow Adam over to the coast. And, and luckily enough for me, um, a job came up with, with work and I was able to transfer across here and that was 2006 and been here ever since. So, Well, before we get to 2006, so you obviously had a, a pretty steep learning curve and you went, went pretty well to get to that point. Yeah. Where, when was it and where was it that you sort of realised that you needed to do a little bit more work to be up there with the big guns? Yeah, well, I was lucky. As a kid, mum always had us, we always swam. So I could I could swim and I swam competitively till I was about 13 and... Um, and actually, yeah, and with that, I can remember that the coach I had was a very good coach. Toowoomba had a lot of good swimmers and good coaches. And um, I remember this coach would just kept bullying me. You know, looking back, it was bullying <laughs> in my eyes because I was just overweight. And I remember him just um, 
um, berating me one day with this rubber brick that they had at the pool going, you know, this is how much extra weight you're carrying. And as a 13 year old kid, I came back from the session to mum in tears and I was like, nah, that's it, I'm, I'm done. So, so I stopped swimming when I was 13 and didn't take it back up until I started training. So I, I, could, I had that technique in me to swim. So, um, but you know, learning, you know, I used to ride a bike to school, like that was, that's about as much. And I'd run around the oval with rugby league. So, um, um, so the short and sharp sessions that Jared had were really good, um, you know, got me fit for starters. Um, and so this was long before the days of F45 and everything we have now. Um, so Jared was probably ahead of his time, um, but he was renowned in the industry to, you know, he, 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 was, he was hard but firm and, and he got the results. Um, so, um, so I had to learn, you know, how to ride a bike, you know, clip in shoes and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, bike shorts and all this sort of gear. And, and you know, you soon sort of, you know, piece it all together. And, um, and I think, you know, where we are today, anyone coming into the sport, it might be a little bit easier, especially on the Sunshine Coast, because there's so many, you know, coaching groups and um, or even just you know groups you can connect with. But in Toowoomba, there really wasn't anything. But um, but Jared had some really good specific sessions that he would do and teach you the basics, like you know the transition process that we'd we'd practice that endlessly on a Saturday. You know, mounting your bike, putting your shoes on, putting your helmet on, but and doing it like flat out, like you do on a race and. Um, so th those early days really set me up, I guess, for what I'm doing now because, you know, I can run and jump on my bike and, you know, I'm out of there. Um, um, you know, tr quick transitions, it's, um, it's probably something an athlete doesn't practice enough. Um, if I had to look at, you know, some of the people that I train with or, you know, have been associated with now, it's, it's a skill they just never had the chance to develop. So what were some of the, the early races that you were doing? Uh, so it was called the Gatorade series back then, so like your Raby Bay, Rabina, um, or Bribey Island. Um, so so tra well, I travelled from Toowoomba down to those and um, and then, so I started doing a few of those and I remember over Christmas time reading in this triathlon magazine about qualifying for the world champs and it was in Honolulu and I'm thinking like, oh, how cool would this be? And I'd just done Noosa. And, the, and I'd come, you know, 20-something in the age group, so I was well down from the, from the pointy end. But reading this article where, you know, they take the top 25 athletes from Australia to the world champs, and I thought, oh, look, I thought, yeah, this is, yeah, let's do this. And I got Adam and, and we, so we started traveling around, you know, doing the races on the circuit that you had to do to get the points. And um, what, the first race we went to was down at Coffs Harbour. And, um, I remember coming out of the water and I was in pretty good shape and then yeah, I was flying along the road past the airport and I remember this this group of, it seemed like, you know, 40 people, like they were just like, <laughs> boom, 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 past me. I'm going, what? I think, oh, that's it, I'm out of the top 25. So I was like, right, okay, I'm gonna have to train even harder. So I think the next race we did was like Hobart. So I had, you know, like six weeks and I just you know, I just worked even harder. I thought I got to, I thought I need to be quicker, I need to be faster. and. Um, and just that, that will to, you know, I didn't want this opportunity to pass me by. And, you know, like I was, I was hooked. It was, mm. it was, it was great. It was, you know, it was like a drug, like, yeah. you know, you'd thrive on the improvement. And, um, 
and just just where it was taking me the journey was incredible yeah so how many races did you have to do then do you remember uh i think we did um it just still took the results from the best three um i remember we did one at rabina town center um uh, there was you know one there the coffs harbor hobart we uh I can't remember where some of the other ones were, but it was I was like going you know, on hell, Western crooked, wherever to get me spot <laughs> on this team, and and then it was finally announced, and and I I had me spot, and um and by that time I just moved over, uh, I was just about to move over to the coast, so um um so it was a good you know goal to train for yeah. to get that race done, yeah. yeah. And how did you go in Holland Lewis? Oh, I think I think I was I think I came maybe twenty second in my age group, so I was pretty happy with where that uh, took, where I ended up with that, because it was, you know, the first world champs and, you know, um, you know, it's a stinking hot place. And yeah, so it was good. Adam, Adam, he, he was, I think he was just off the podium. He might've been like fourth or fifth or, um, so he had a lot of, like a lot of guys that beat him went on to, like they were on that transition, like he was to get to that next level of the, you know, you know the junior elite or whatever it yep. was at the time so mm. um but australia yeah like as a country we we seem to do pretty well over there and um and i was able to connect with a lot of other people that you know were involved in the sport and that i became friends with along the way so it was mm. yeah pretty cool yeah but then you continually um improved didn't you over the next few years as well especially. yeah so I, I moved over to the coast here i got the transfer with work um and um Adam was training with Toby Coote, so obviously naturally I joined him with Toby, and he just took me to that next level. Like his his knowledge and expertise as a as a as a coach, and especially for new athletes, is incredible. And I mean, he himself was a junior elite, so he knows what it takes to get to that level. And um, I can imagine how frustrating that must be for a coach when he can see people with potential but they don't listen. So. Um, so under under his guidance, you know, we, we you know I did a lot of training with him, especially the swimming and and some of the running sessions with him that I could get to with work, and um, so I stuck with him for a number of years before I just sort of just um, yeah like them just just broke out and just started doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the at the same time, I had a pretty good group with my brother and uh, Matthew Wollstonecroft, Jason Crowther, and a couple other guys who were we were sort of like a core group that we did a lot of our training together, and so that um, the the power of that group was probably took me to that next level more than any sort of coach and guidance because that competitive nature of each other and just feeding off some really talented athletes on the coast was um, you know a good good stepping stone for. For me to sort of take me, you know, to get all of us to that next level of competitiveness, yeah. So, um, was it 2009 that you actually earned your pro card? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, 2000. Um, well, the start of 2010. Yeah. So they did the, they had the world champs on the Gold Coast, and then the long course worlds were over in Perth. Um, and you, you did both of those, didn't you? Yeah, both of those. Um, I got seventh on the Gold Coast in my age group, which was which I was pretty happy with there. It was. We knew the race had come down to whoever could run the quickest because it was a you know it's a tight course and I mean everyone who was there you know they're obviously good because they qualified um, and then um, so got that out of the way and then sort of regrouped and headed over to Perth and and I had a really good race over there um, ended up coming second in my age group so that was pretty cool 
and then um, and then I started to uh, I'd, I'd entered to do Ironman the next year, so I had a really good summer of training, and um, and I was just going through a real purple patch with training. Like I had a um, I did a race down at. Um, uh, at Huskisson, Jarvis Bay, um, it was the at the time it was the Australian long course. So you had like the guys like Pete Jacobs and Crowey and you know some really good athletes there. And I just had one of those days where just like everything clicked. It's it's, it's a two eighty twenty mm-hmm. distance, um, and I remember coming off the coming off the with the leaders in the bike, and there were some really good age groupers in my age group um, at the time. Um, and I managed to put together a 112 for the 20k, and I came like ninth overall at the long course. And I was like, oh, like how good is this? Like I, I was, I was really fit um, on the back of a good summer, and um, and then yeah, that that was enough to qualify me to get my pro license. And then I lined up for Port Macquarie, you know, a month later as a as an elite athlete, which was um, yeah, which, which is pretty cool, mm. yeah. Who were you racing against then? Well, I, I knew very much where I fitted in that pecking order, but being able to, you know, I could put a pretty good swim and bike together. Um, you know, I, I knew I could be competitive at the front end of the race. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was an athlete that would come over from New Caledonia who won it. He, he was a multiple winner of that race over there, but you had the likes of, um, you know, like Tim Burkell, Jason Shortis. Um, that that type of um, I, I can't I, all I remember is Jason Shortest. I remember coming out of the water and I just missed the I'd missed the lead pack, and I remember hearing Jason Shortest's name and I thought, all right, I'm just going to take it easy till he catches me. That's my ticket up the road, and um, and then so he caught me, and then we had like a group of about four or five, and I'm I'm like I'm just overall thinking like how cool is this? Like for for the first time, like I I thought I'm I'm really like we were racing, like it was, it was like balls to the wall. Like we were trying to catch this group, and when you'd pass them on the, because it was a three-lap bike course, then we'd pass them, and we were still, like we hadn't made any ground, but we hadn't lost any ground, and you know I'm rolling turns with these guys, and you got like the the camera from the you know the media one there, and it's like on you, and I'm leaning like this is just insane. Like this is this is really cool. Like, um, and so this group of five ended up. You know, guys were falling off, and they were like, you know, this, my, this is my first Ironman, so I'd never, I'd never done the distance at race pace. I'd never, I thought, well, I'm just going to go with these guys, as you know, like I'm, I'm like swapping turns with Jason Shortest, like <laughs> this is insane. And I remember we come into the at the end to start the third lap, and 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 Jason goes, he says, "Hey, you mate, you're right, you're right." And I'm like, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." I'm thinking, mate, I don't know how much longer I've got. <laughs> and I remember getting about 150k, and I just had to let these two blokes go because um, they were just, you know, they, you know, they were obviously a really big engine. Um, and then, um, yeah, then, you know, got home at my pace on the bike and then sort of just linked home on the run. And um, and, and that was my intro- introduction to, to Ironman, the first one, yeah. yeah so right. that was um, that, that was the only ever race I did as an elite athlete because um, after that race, um, that's where I found out I needed to have the, um, they found that I had a hole in my heart. So I had to have an operation to fix that. So that, that was pretty grounding at the time because it was, you know, like I was, I was burning a lot of candles at both ends, and you know, trying to train full time and work and everything. I thought I just can't. So, 
after the heart operation, I had probably 18 months off from, from racing just, to, just as a break. And um, well, What were your symptoms when you were racing? Is that issue causing problems? Oh, well, it, funnily enough, I, I, had, I had a bit of a chest infection, which was totally, we just found this hole in the heart by a fluke, but it was, it was 11 mil in diameter. Um, so I had to see the cardiologist and, and some, some of these holes they can't get to, can't get to them to fix them. Some of them they don't need to fix, but where mine was, it, it needed to be fixed. So um, I think the exact words of the cardiologist was, he said, you know, you'd, you probably would have just one day had a stroke when like a clot passed through it or something. So, mm-hmm. um, so I remember, you know, getting wheeled into the operating room, like, and it was, there's a like monitors everywhere and there's people talking about what they were going to be doing on the weekend so the same sort of office banter you'd have anywhere and I remember the nurse who was wheeling me in she said oh who you know who have you got waiting for you in the in the waiting room and I'm like no one I said you know in my mind I'm you know they're just dropping me off and picking me up like so it was probably like that was one of those like oh shit moments like maybe this is a little bit more serious but um, but the operation was fine. They went through an artery in the groin. So apart from a bit of glue, I wouldn't have known mm. they'd done anything to me. But um, there's a bit of there was a fair recovery process after that for it to for it to set and um, and heal and um, you know before I could get back into you know any sort of exercise, let alone trying to um, you know compete again. So. Um, so that, that, that it was a long, long road back from that because mm. I've been from you know, you know, really fit to, to nothing again. So. Yeah. Hi, David from LA Sport. If you're looking for running and performance footwear, visit us in store at 34 Brisbane Road, Malulabar. Come test out a range of footwear from brands such as Hocker, Asics, Brooks, Mizuno, Nike, and Ultra on our in-store running track. And if you're looking for running apparel and triathlon accessories, we stock a wide range of products that will help you perform at your best on race day. Yeah, I suppose in the meantime, then you got Adam going a different direction. He was he was up in ITU. You were yeah. Him, wasn't he? So he um, so Adam had a goal. He, he always wanted to race the the ITU race at Malulaba. Like that, that was Adam's dream, yeah. and. Um, and, and and he and he finally got the start. It was I, I think one of the Aussie guys was injured or someone. Like Adam got the call up like in race week. Like so he had really? little time to prepare. And um and and you know, so you can imagine the excitement. Like he he got on the start line and um and yeah, like he just nailed this race. Like he was, you know, he he was a little bit behind. Adam was sort of always just off that front pack of the swim because there were some really good swimmers, but he knew how to dig deep and um, you know, dragged himself up the road, you know, with the pack, and then this, then he just like ran through the field to finish, and um, yeah, so that, that was great for Adam, like to achieve it, like a childhood, you know, his, well his dream, yeah, mm-hmm. to, to race ITU at Malulaba. I mean, you know, home ground advantage, and I, I remember everyone who came out to support him. It was, you know, it was insane. Um, so we did. Adam did that, and he was over. He did a few seasons over in France, mm. racing with the Division Two teams over there. So that was a good experience for him, just to see how you know triathlon works in the rest of the year. And and he was quite successful over there as well with that as well. So would have been good though for you as as the big brother to watch. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I was always Adam's yeah Adam's brother. So <laughs> he um yeah I was sort of in his shadows, but um but yeah it was yeah for him it was an incredible opportunity and. Um, you know, um, 
a great way to see the world and, mm. and earn some cash on the way, yeah. Mm. Well, so when did you um, get back into triathlon then after the, the operation? Yeah, so that would have been like 2012. Um, yeah, so I had the operation in 2010 and it was sort of like late 2011, I sort of got back into it and um, and wanted to try and, you know, get back and so, um, you know, to get fit for starters. And so I aimed at, you know, Port Macquarie, um, Iron Man, I wanted to, you know, do that race and um, um, and qualify to go over to Kona. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess in my naivety at the time, um, what's now Cairns Iron Man was a was a, it was a challenge race, mm-hmm. and it was it was about a month after Port Macquarie. And, um, and I remember chatting to a mate back in Toowoomba, Luke Duggan, and you know we're like, well. Well, if you get fit to do one, why don't you? You might as well just back up and do the second. Like I'm like, yeah, like well, yeah, like not thinking of like how strenuous the race is and the recovery, and um, so I went down to Port Macquarie, and and I had I had, I had an okay race, but I didn't I didn't get a cone slot. Like I was, um, um, you know, might have came like fifth or sixth or thereabouts, or you know, I didn't I didn't earn a spot and I didn't roll down, and um, so I was like, oh. so I was pretty dejected after that, you know, but because I thought. But I, but I didn't prepare well, so I, I didn't I didn't earn the right to get it. So you know, so I regrouped and um, I remember chatting to my mate Steve Gage, who um, was a very accomplished um, Ironman athlete. And in that five week period, he gave me some really specific sets to you know just sort of like pick me back up. And and I went up to went up to Cairns and I just just nailed the race up there. And um, you know, I got I got a, I got a third on the podium and. And had a re- really good, really good race, and um, and finally earned that that Kona spot. Yeah. So how did that work in relation? Because that was a challenge event, the first one, I think, was it? Well, throughout. So when I, I think when I entered the race, it was a challenge event, and then somewhere through the process, it became an Ironman. Like Ironman oh, bought yep. the race, and so I was like, I got a, I got a second chance in the draw here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've got. Um, so that that was you know the goal, like to try and you know to try and qualify. I had no idea how I would go, but um, in my mind, I, I assumed I'd be competitive. And then to come to come third, it was yeah. it was great, and I wasn't far off second. And so you know that that result just wanted to inspire me to try. Well, you know, let's train a bit harder next time, and you never know. So. Yeah. Um, so that was would have been your first trip to Kona then. Yeah, first <laughs> trip to Kona, and I thought, well, I'm only going to do this this race once. So um, I contacted Tri Travel and I booked a booked a room at the um, um, King Cam Hotel, which is the official hotel overlooking the room. And and I, I you know, it kind of expensive. If 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 no one's ever been, if you love triathlon, you've never been. You got to make sure you get over there at some stage. It's just an insane race. Even to go as a, as a, as a spectator, it's just incredible. Um, but. Yeah, but that, that so I qualified 2012, went over there, and it was an absolute nightmare because um, I kept getting sick with this virus, and um, and so you know race day came and I was sick and I was, I was just so like dejected. It was you know all this time and effort and let alone the money. It was you know it was like oh, it was such a letdown and. Um, Anyway, so that race went. So I thought, well, yeah, well, that one that you, you actually withdrew to after after the swim. Was it? Yeah, so I started. I thought, well, I'm here. I might as well start. And I, and I remember like limping through the swim, and I I felt like I was like I just had no energy. It was it was like just nothing. And so that was pretty heartbreaking. So I remember coming back here and 
through my GP, you know, I did a heap of tests. Like I started seeing an infectious disease specialist and a hematologist in Brisbane, and we're just trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And it it, it just turned out like I just had some virus. I just couldn't, because some days I'd be good and some days I'd be bad. And I just I just couldn't shake it, and then. And eventually, I, like, I just came good. Like, it, it had sort of, like, got through. Um, and I remember Matt saying one day, something like, sometimes you just get a virus and you just can't, it just takes a while to get out of it. And, and I remember hearing other athletes get similar sort of things. So, so 2013, so I thought, well, yeah, I need to try and qualify for Kona again. So I aimed for Cairns. I thought, well, I had a good result up there before. So I went up to Cairns. I got a second. I got my Kona spot, book it all again. I had a really good preparation and then I remember waking up like the Wednesday before the race and I'd like had a sore throat and then as, as the race because you race on a Saturday so as I, as I got closer to Saturday this sore throat just went into like a chest infection and and I'm, again so race day I'm sick I'm like oh, like I can't believe it like two years in a row like anyway so I started and um and like so the, the if you've seen the, the swim start at Kona, like it's insane. Like there's just arms and bodies going everywhere, and um, and I'm I'm like scrambling to get to one of these blokes on a Malibu because I thought I'm going to drown. Like I just couldn't I couldn't breathe. And and this right this guy's like, you know, you got it, man. You know, you relax. I'm thinking, but in my mind, I'm you know like I'm I'm thinking, no, I'm not right. And, mm-hmm. So I complete the swim and, you know, go to medical and tell them, look, I'm, I'm no good, I've got to pull out. And so for the two years in a row, I've got to like walk back through the crowd to where I'm staying. It was just, it was the most humiliating, humiliating experience of, you know, of my life. It was just, it was just like, you know, it was just so heartbreaking. And, you know, all this effort to get a two years in a row, like how, how unlucky am I? Like, um, so, and I, and I was over there, we we're over there for, you know, a few days after the race. And so the day that I was meant to fly out, um, I woke up, I woke up, it's, it was some ridiculous hour, like it might've been like two or three o'clock and, and I walked across the road and down to the pier and I just had a little moment to myself and I just, I prayed to God and I prayed to Madame Pelle, who is pretty special to the big island there. And, you know, I said, look, if I'm ever good enough to get back here, you know, let, you know, if I earn the right to be back here, can we be a little bit kinder? And, you know, I prayed to God and I, I didn't tell anyone about that, mm. not a soul. Like I just kept it to myself. And um, so I tried to get back. So 2014, I tried to do, um, went to Cairns again. I thought I've got this and, um, I actually, I actually had a crash on the bike the day before and, and I'd sort of I'd hurt my hip. And I had a really good swim, a really good bike. And I started the run, I was in the lead. I thought I got this, I thought I'd got it. Um, earlier in the year, all my mates who I was training with, they'd qualified in New Zealand. So that, that, yeah, that was uh, Jason Cheshire? Jason Cheshire, Robbie Andrews, um, Scotty Farrell, uh, Damien Collins, but everyone who qualified, it was just, it was just me. And I start this run thing, and oh, I got this. Like I just got to keep going, and and about halfway through the run, like this, this hip, this hip, where I hurt my hip the day before, it, like it, it just like all the all the legs muscles in my right leg just started to fail, and and I, I couldn't run. Like so, you know, I'm trying to hang on to like someone to pass me, and like that's one kind of slot, another, and anyway, so I, I limp home and. 
um, and, I, and I wasn't I wasn't on the podium. I was you know wasn't in a roll down selection, and so I was like, okay, all right, I'm gonna have to try. So I'm gonna have to try again to get back here. So Melbourne 2015, I went down there, um, picked up a fourth, back to Kona. Um, was able to get over there, get to race day. Um, I'm healthy. I wasn't fit, but I was healthy. And, and I was able to complete the race. And it was, yeah, it's just it's just a mind-blowing experience. Yeah, like to, to finally, to have that burden lifted off my shoulder, it was just, yeah, like it was, you know, pe people ask me, you know, like it, it literally cost me the price of a small car to get that finishers medal. <laughs> like the amount of money I spent to get over there. Mm. And not only over there, but the races you do in the lead up to it and, you know, all the gear you got to buy and, um, but for anyone who's ever finished that Hawaiian Ironman, like it, you, you do it at, at any cost. Mm. And you can see why people are drawn to the island and why they want to go back. Like it, it really is a, it really is a special, special place. So, mm, so it might not have been your, your quickest race ever, but that's is that your best one, you think? Oh, Most memorable. It, 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 yeah, it definitely wasn't. It's probably one of my slowest races ever. Like it, it took a long time because <laughs> it's a really brutal environment. But, um, but just, just to be just to be on the start line, and you know, you got the best elite male and elite females like in in the planet on on you know in in, in hawaii all the age groupers that are there they've either finished on the podium or maybe one or two spots off it um you got some of the legacy people and the other but mate everyone there is fit and they're a good mm -hmm. athlete and it's just it's just it's just triathlon at the at the ultimate level like um I think it, like if I was like a like a a, a touring car like driver, you, you'd you'd want to win, um, you know like the, I'd I'd want to win like Daytona 500 or Bathurst yeah. like so Kona is that race that everyone wants to get to as a triathlete and do well because it's mm -hmm. you know you can't just you can't just swipe your credit card and enter you you got to earn the right to be there and that's that's probably why it's you know, that's why it's special to me because you can't you can't just pay your way there you got to you got to earn the right mm -hmm. to. To, to, to race and, and race against the best. I remember actually in the lead up there, we were having a chat back mm. in those days and you were saying that you actually were carrying a little bit more weight then just that was all part of the plan as far as, oh, well, to some yeah. degree. Well, yeah, well, as you know, like when, you, when you're trying to train for a race, you know, you, everybody, you know, we all get injured and you get sick because of people you come into contact with and, and you get run down. And so I was just, I thought, well, let's just get like 80% fit and, just get to the start line without being sick for a change so um so yeah i was probably a couple of kilos heavier than what i'd ideally like to be because um because you know it's because it's so hot over there like you know obviously the, the the leaner and lighter you are you know the easier it is to run but so I, I definitely wasn't like in the best shape that i'd been in 2015 but um i'll certainly fit to complete the race but not um you know not to be not to be as competitive as i'd like so mm. Does this sound like you? See the team at CycleZone Middlebar to fine tune your ride. Or you could drown out all the sound with the Aftershocks, the latest in wireless bone conduction headphones. Get it all? CycleZone Middlebar, 120 Brisbane Road, Middlebar. 
Oh, well, just digressing a little bit. So you got your, your wife Natasha there and the kids, uh, Jake and Jesse. Yeah, that right? that's right. Yeah. I think you've told me before that they're not the biggest fans of triathlon. No, <laughs> no. I think one of those years up in Cairns because we, we stay, uh, we stayed a couple of times out at this resort near Palm Cove, and so. I'd sort of give them the, like, I should be finished, like, between 5 and 5.30, you know, that type of, that's the the ideal race time. And I was obviously running a bit late one of these days. And um, and my daughter, Jessie, who would have only been, like, you know, 8 or 9 at the time, you know, she started having a bit of a tantrum to Natasha going, you know, what's taking Dad so long? He said he'd be home by now. You know, here I am trying to race as fast as I can. But, no, nah, they're not. No, they. Um, I mean, they, they they enjoy what I do, and but they they definitely don't compete themselves. Or there's, I mean, they've got their own interests, which is probably you know to my benefit because um, you know when I'm out doing you know a long ride or a long run, they've got their own interests that you know keep occupy them. So yeah. um, so the the balance for me works really well. Like I'm lucky I've got a really supportive family who, you know, I guess understand, you know what you know why I do it and why it's important to me but I also respect what's important to them as well like they you know so I, I normally don't drag them along to races or you know because triathlon like let's be honest it is pretty boring like you could be waiting there all day and I go zoom and pass and then I'm gone like for four hours like <laughs> yeah. it's probably the worst spectator sport ever it's terrible so um but um but that that's actually in in Kona they do a good job where they have a big um that they've got a, like a live feed so if you're in town well they're riding out to Harvey they've they've got the live feed so um so for the spectators you can watch what's happening until they come back so um yeah. So you've been in finance most of your career. Yeah, I've been with the National Bank for like twenty four years. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, like went to school and uni in Toowoomba, and then and then um, then joined the bank after that. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. so like bank banking's you know all I've all I've known, which is pretty sad. But <laughs> um, but I work here in Maroochydore just as a business banker, um, and I've got I've, I've got a really good job. I work with some really good people. It's a really enjoyable place to. To turn up and, and and you know work each day, so um, so I'm lucky. I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard. Yeah. So have you managed to work in the training between the family commitments and and work and everything? Oh, it's a lot. Early mornings and late nights. That's the like the job I've got now. Um, it's it's pretty like demanding. So um, th- there was a time when I could enjoy you know like lunchtime swims and you know knock off early to get to sessions and so that that that's definitely gone now. So. Um, I knew, you know, I've, I've been doing a bit of running out at the uni, like there's lights at the track and um, I sort of cracked it there last week with the cold, so I've been running on the treadmills and um, and then I've got um, uh, Jason Cheshire and Sean Fraser, we normally meet at the pool on a Tuesday and Wednesday and, you know, I can go straight from work to Cotton Tree and rip in a quick session there, so I'm always like looking at the time, you know, I've got to make sure my day's structured to get all like that stuff done and get a bit of training in and, and then, you know, often I'll like log in on at home and try and catch up on some more work. And mm-hmm. so it's all, yeah, dropping kids to um, work and picking them up and yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on, yeah. So, um, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm no different from any other family. Like we all juggle, you know, different things. It's just how many balls you can juggle at once, mm-hmm. I guess, so. Well, give us a bit of an example of what you do, say, in your training long course. What, um, in your peak weeks, what does that look like for you training-wise? Um, I probably only swim, 
eight to ten k a week. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Like I do some specific sets in the pool. Like I, I do a lot of paddle work, mm-hmm. um, and, and that that works for me. Um, paddle work, do the bay swim on a Friday. So that's my open water swim. So you're only sort of swimming about three times a week, are you? Yeah, three. Um, yeah, maybe on the weekend. I have been getting to the pool on a Saturday or Sunday just for another little 2K set, just sort of to squeeze in. So I can sort of get away with that, you know, so say 10, 10K worth of swimming. Um, Riding-wise, I probably only do um, like, you know, 250, 300 a week. With the Ironman, you you know the the weekend ride becomes like a six hour, so that's sort of like your 180, yep. 180 ride. Um, and my running, I probably run you know anywhere between like sixty and eighty kilometres a week. Um, that at one point I was consistently running just over a hundred kilometres a week, but um, I, I just don't have the time to. And plus, I'm forty three. Like I just can't. I just can't. I can't handle that volume anymore at the moment, so it's, I just get too tired, and you know, with with work and everything else. So, well, you obviously you qualified at the worlds for sprint and uh, Olympic distance, yeah. or standard distance, as they like to call it. Yep. Um, you've had to change the way you've been training a bit in recent years. Yeah. So I, I I had the goal of trying to qualify for these teams like last year. So, um, so I sort of probably mapped out how I wanted to achieve that pretty early and I um so the first sort of race I did was up at um 1770 mm. they do I, I do like those little like grassroots country races because it, it sort of takes me back to why I fell in love with the race not because of all the fancy you know Ironman signs that we see around the place but you know you, you just get in the water and swim and ride and run as fast as you can and get to the end so um, so for the Gold Coast, I, I sort of hatched out some of those shorter races and then I entered a heap of those Gatorade races and, and obviously the specific ones that you had to do to qualify for points. So um, so I started off, so that was sort of towards the end of last year and then um, with Jason Crowther and Atlas, the last couple of summers I've, I've done the Atlas training camps, yep. which are... Um, they're actually like incredible like it's some of the hardest training I've ever done um, and I think because it's been hot the past couple of summers so that's challenged us as well um, but if it, um, I was first introduced to training camps with Cam Watt back in the day um, and I saw the benefit of doing you know a, a you know, a heap of training over a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So the Atlas Camp sort of brings that together and it caters for people of all different abilities and, um, you know, everyone of all shape and size, male and female. And, and Jason does a really good job of, you know, planning those sort of four days in that camp. But it's, even when I get to the end of it and I'm probably one of the more experienced athletes, like I am, I'm cooked, like it's, so that's a good way to kick things off, and it, it, it's a really those those days are a really good stepping stone to help set you up for the rest of the summer. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did a lot, lot of that, um, you know, Olympic distance and sprint distance training and racing, and just just going flat out, um, and just trying to you know hone those competitive skills and you know transition training and. Um, in some of those little races, so that when I had to do the important ones, like you know Malua Labar and um, Coffs Harbour was a qualifier that um, you know those A races that I made sure I had everything you know down pat, you know to make sure that I finished where I needed to to get you know points to qualify for this mm-hmm. team. G'day, 
Darren Lockyer here. Queenslanders are famous for looking after each other. So it's good to meet a Queensland building team that really looks after its clients. I'm talking about Osmar and their new design studio, Atelier. Atelier is exclusive to Osmar clients. It has all the finishes for your new Osmar home in one location. That's over 300 square metres of floor-to-ceiling displays from all the top home brands. They even shouted me lunch. Osmar. We try harder to be a little bit better. QBCC 108 3000. So when you're training, is there any sort of indicators at all that you know that you're going pretty well or is there any times that you like to hit? Is what you yeah, do? I, don't, I don't train. I don't, I've never trained with power um, or heart rate. I reckon if I put my race wheels on my bike, the whole thing's probably worth about 1,400 bucks. Like, <laughs> so it's not, you know, you don't need the best gear to go fast, but you need to be consistent and you need to work hard to go fast. I, th- I, th- I, think that's, I think that's where some people get it all wrong. You can get caught up with all the gadgets and this and that. Um, so I do, do a lot of my training by feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy to measure those points. Like when I'm in the pool, you know, you got the, you got the clock. So um, I'll do certain sets and I'll... Um, so swimming's one of those things, like when you get the feel for the water, you can really tell when you're reaching and grabbing and you can feel your, you know, your buoyant and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and swim becomes a lot easier the, you know, the, the stronger you get and, and um, well certainly for me anyway, like the stronger I get through my paddle work, I, I, I can feel the water better. Um, you know, so I'll spend time when I'm swimming thinking about am I, am I doing my stroke as efficiently as possible. Is that, that arm stroke was a bit weak so let's get the next one right. Um, so I'll do some times there where I'll, I'll look at the clock and, you know, okay, I'm hitting the numbers there. Um, the, the base swim on a Friday is a good sort of indicator. Like I like to, because um, you do it with the same sort of people each week. So um, so probably about a month ago, I was, um, again, my brother Adam, who doesn't do a lot of swimming now, like we sort of swim over easy and we come back hard. And I was coming back hard. And Adam was like staying on my feet. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing like 8K a week. He, he'd, be, he'd be lucky, he, he might do some surfing. <laughs> and he's hanging on. I'm thinking, right, okay, I need, to, I need to like, I need to be a lot more specific when I got in the pool. So, mm. um, so attention to detail. So, um, so that's improved. I, can sort of, I sort of use the base swim as a yardstick there. Um, and then with my riding, I do, um, I ride, from Alex Surf Club, there's two bunch rides that go each week. So the Thursday bunch ride has a lot of the, you know, really talented, you know, mm. junior cyclists that we have here on the coast. So um, so that, that really stretches me as a, you know, at, when I'm riding because like they, these guys are like, you know, elite, like elite A cyclists and I'm, the, I'm now the old bloke who's just trying to hang on and, and I'm lucky like when I'm needing a break and I'm just sitting at the back and letting them roll through for me like they're not abusing me like <laughs> I probably would have been at some stage in, in that bunch ride um, so I've got those you know there's those junior elite guys that are um, you know striving for their own success um, so when I can hang on to the you know the Thursday bunch you know that's that's sort of a measure I can um, you know I'm going all right um, um, Carawatha Drive, it's like a 5k loop, so I know sort of what time, you know, if, if you can get around that in seven minutes or thereabouts, it's that's sort of, you know, I know I'm sort of getting up to speed there. And then um, running is probably the only, well, running is the only thing I use a Garmin for to measure 
So, you know, I'll measure time on certain sets there to make sure I'm, you know, covering those one kilometres at, at a certain pace. And um, and I've been out on the treadmills in the gym the last couple of weeks because that, that, that's good for the leg speed to, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you've got to keep up the mat. Like, you know, you, got to, <laughs> you can't just have a break if it gets tough. So mm-hmm. those... So those, those stress points that I put myself through in training, it, it definitely helps when you get to racing to, you know, so when you do feel your body's under a bit of pressure and you're like, I can't, I can't handle this, like the back of your mind, you're telling yourself, you know, you're fine, you've done this before, it's just, just hang in there for another pedal stroke and you'll get a break. Or, you know, just, just you know, you're nearly back at the beach, like the swim's just about over, like, um, so I, yeah, so I do a lot of stuff by just just by feel and just yeah, I'm a bit of a purist maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm getting a bit left behind. I don't know, but it it, it works for me and um, and obviously if I do a race and I and I win it, well then clearly I'm I'm you know doing something mm-hmm. doing something right. So how 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 do you feel? Or you just feel as far as you, if you're feeling okay and you're going pretty quick, that just you just keep rolling like that. And yeah, well I, I guess the. Triathlon is a lot about sustained effort. Like, so I'll I'll get to a like a pace in the swim where I'm going like hard, and I'm like, and I know, I just know, like I can I I can maintain this for you know the whole way. Um, um, and you know if I'm in front, like there's there's you know there's nothing better than knowing like you're leading that swim, and like everyone's so you know I'll, I'll try and swim even harder, like. Mm. Um, so that, so that, that, that feeling can be, okay, there's nothing like, there's nothing like winning a race. Like it, it's just, you know, you know, all that effort you put in and when you cross that line, you know, you've won. Like it, it's, it's a really good, it's a really good feeling. Like it's, you know, you, you, you've earned that right to win, but in the same, when you're on that journey, it's the same thing like, geez, Nath, you've come this far, like don't blow it, like don't, like don't blow it. Like, you know, so there's that fear of failure there as well that spurs you on. Um, you know, because on these lapped courses, you can see if if, if so and so is catching you on the run, it's like, well, look, just hang in for another, you know, six minutes, and you'll be through this kilometre and a half, and you're home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that that's that's how it works for me. I don't, I certainly don't get dictated by wattage or or pace because if, uh, you know, it, in my mind, if I'm if I if I've got a power number that I'm trying to sit to, and, and the guy in front of me is like riding away from me, like I'm I'm not going to let him go. Like I'm going to I'm going to try and dig deep and stay with him because that's that's first place going. Um, that, that's just how it works for me, Grant. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, ahead of world then. Um, heading back to the Goldie again. Yeah. How yeah. You, how are you feeling about that? Oh, it's like it's it's here before. Yeah, it's here, like it, it it's come around really quickly. Like um. Yeah, obviously really excited about it. Um, I'm doing the sprint and the what's now called the standard distance race. Um, back in 09, they had both races on the Gold Coast, but you can only do one or the other. Yep. So, um, so I've decided to do both. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting just to see how I like can recover yep. from the first race to the second. Mm. So, so the sprint's on what day is that on? It's on a Wednesday. Yep. Uh, sorry, Thursday. So that's that's obviously seven fifty twenty five. Yep. And then the Olympic distance, which is double that. So, yep. um, is that on the Sunday? On the Sunday morning, yeah. So, um, so the, the, the triathlon Australia has been great with their communication on a Monday, and the, we all know when our start times are, what the course is. Um, so, no one would have any excuse about you know not knowing 
when they're starting and so you know like I've already started like thinking through my mind like how that how that Thursday is going to plan out for me because mm. the first wave goes at 10 a.m and my wave is the last wave at 12.55 oh, really? so so I've already started to think okay well I'll you know get up and do this and I can have breakfast and you know so you know just I, I don't know I, I like to pay attention to those little details just to just to plan it out so that you know I've, I've lived it in my mind when I you know when I get there on um, you know on race day yeah it's always been intrigued me over the years that we've been talking um, about those details even like when you found out that the cans course the Ironman course is going to have a lot of turns you're actually doing turns when you were running yeah yeah I did yeah, I, I, yeah I'd mapped out a loop where I'd sort of go across to Minyama and run like in and out on Malula Island and Minyama Island and the the, the, the the run at that time up at Cairns had some ridiculous, like it might have been 36 mm. turn points, which is a lot. So, um, so which, which might not seem a lot in its own, but after you've been, you know, swimming for an hour and riding for five and now you're starting to run, like that fatigue catches up with you. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. I just, I just like to practice those little things to... Um, I did a... One of my good mates, Ross Cattle, we, we did a race down at... Um, at Raby Bay earlier in the year, and so this is an example for everyone of, of what not to do. So Ross <laughs> Ross has racked his bike, and he clipped his shoes on, but he had the left on the right and the right on the left. So he's gone to gone to jump on his bike to to, to start the bike, and he realises he's got his shoes on the wrong. So um, so that, that that was pretty funny. So you, you know you get no sympathy from you know from me for that, but it is pretty funny. And Ross Ross laughed about it. So. Um, so it's important you get like little details like that right and mm. even just like you know like you know make sure your tires are good make sure your goggles aren't ready to snap and break and you know you got a good pair of you know shoe you know shoes to run in like everything doesn't have to be brand new but um, just in good working order so that you don't have any of those mechanical issues mm. which you know can just derail like you know six months of work yeah. um, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes that does happen, even with the best laid plans. So, yeah. Yeah. well, um, looking ahead, post worlds, have you got any plans yet? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I've entered. I've entered Cairns Ironman to go back to Kona next year. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll make sure I'm fit and ready to go, and, and I earn that spot. So mm. that's. Um, so there's still unfinished business then in, in Kona. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is a it is a magical place. So when I when I was there with Jason Cheshire in 2016, we'd we'd not long landed and we're we're doing a, just a, a run along a Leahy Drive and and I could my mind was already thinking about how to qualify to get back here again like it's just it's it yeah it's it's insane like how people people talk about being drawn to the island it, it's a very real thing it's um as I said before if 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 you're somebody who loves triathlon like take the time to treat yourself to a holiday in Hawaii and, and watch this race. It's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's just insane. It's insane what, what people, what the human body can do and what people push themselves through just to get to that finish line to hear Mike Riley call their name. You are an Ironman. It's, it's, yeah, it's mm. very yeah, powerful, moving. Yeah. And just personally, was there any thoughts about um, doing any coaching at any point? Oh, no, I don't... <laughs> I'd I'd like to at some point because um, um, even with the guys that I train with, it's it's good when I can see them improve 
even when they're just sort of following like you know what I do but um, I think just you know in general it's always good when you see people no matter what they do in life you know work hard and achieve something whether that's um, like I was never one of those kids at school who you know could just ace an exam like everything I had to do I'd always work hard and, and, and you know and achieve it um, you know do a lot of study and, and so that, that in triathlon is you know is, is sort of been what's led to my success as well just like it's repetitive nature and um, and it'd, 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 it'd be good to help someone get to like to achieve like a big goal like that um, I don't know if I'd have the patience sometime like you know something like some laziness of people might I'd, I'd have to learn how to adapt with that because that that frustration of you know like, like mate if you just put in like a little bit of effort you know you you know, don't just talk about doing this or that. Like, if you put in a bit of effort, like, it's really achievable. And, and that, that mindset that Jared Ryder was able to change for me, um, it was, it was, it was life-changing for me. And, um, and I, I was lucky to talk to him. It's probably a couple of years ago now, and I did. I thanked him for, for what he did for me and that he, he like, he, he changed my life. He, like, he, yeah, like, he, like, ultimately, you know, like, saved my life, so... Um, and yeah, like you, you don't forget those things. So, um, so yeah, maybe one day I can help someone shape their journey to to something they want to achieve. But yeah, at the moment, I don't. I don't. I probably yeah. I don't. Have, you, you can't be an athlete and a coach to do it properly. You've you've got to be. You, you have to be one or the other. And I think you look at any of the successful coaches that are out there in the world. You know, like Brett Sutton, uh, Cam Watt. Um, you know Craig Walton you know they've always had their success after they finished their racing themselves and they can you know focus on each athlete and identify what 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 each person needs you know to do well because you can't just you can't just write the same program to everyone and like just do this grant and you'll yeah. be right because um, we've all got you know strengths and weaknesses and and triathlon is about blending all those three together yeah. mm. Well, thanks so much for your time and uh, we look forward to seeing you go around at the Worlds. Yeah, well, I mean, that is Judgment Day, so um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we go. Cheers. Thank thanks you. very much. That was Nathan Fitzackley. This has been the Multisport Mega Podcast. Be sure to catch up with the likes of Cal Millwood, Jan Fredino and Lucy Caldwell on our previous podcast. If you haven't tuned in, check them out. Until next time.